Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're starting a discussion of Catherine. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we got Trevor. What's going on? Next we got Dante. I'm ready to talk about this game. And last but not least we got Greg. Can I do it? Is this a bit? <laughs> no. <Nah, Yo>. <laughs> Nah, Greg's not here. He's um, he decided that he wanted to go to Evo as he normally does. So he is at Evo uh, Evolution 2018, uh, competing in Street Fighter Five. So um, I actually I don't know if he plays today or if he plays tomorrow, but he's a he's a pretty good Street Fighter uh, Five player. So hopefully he will come back with some good news about his results so we'll, we'll have to catch up to him next next time did you have to send him Trevor? I was just going to say send him your energy send him your energy yeah hands up hands up um, but yeah so it's just going to be the three of us um, myself Dante and Trevor on this episode and we are going to talk about Catherine which is my choice uh, for this month and since it's my game I'm going to do the intro so here we go um, Catherine is an adult and mature-oriented puzzle video game de- developed and published by Atlas for PS3 and Xbox 360. Atlas has a pretty long and complicated history, so um, bear with me. Uh, it was founded in 1986 and owned by Index Holdings from 2006 until Index Holdings dissolved in 2010. After the dissolution, after it dissolved, the name Index continued as a brand and was used by Index Corporation until 2013, when Index Corporation went bankrupt uh, with debts of two, uh, 24.5 billion yen, which is roughly 220 million U.S. dollars. Uh, Sega Dream Corporation won a bid to acquire the bankrupt Index Corp for about 14 billion yen, which is about 125 U.S. dollars, so about half. Uh, in September 2013 and renamed themselves Index Corporation and gained possession of Atlas's name and IPs in November of 2013. In 2014, Sega renamed Index Corporation to Atlas but split the non-gaming business off and transferred it to a new company called Index Corporation. Uh, Atlas is currently a subsidiary of Sega and has two internal divisions, the P-Studio, which is responsible for managing the Persona series, and Studio Zero. Uh, There is a North American branch founded in 1991 called Atlas USA, which is responsible for publishing and localizing games for North America, and until last year, they did not have a branch for Europe and the Australian regions, so they utilized multiple third-party publishers such as Square Enix and Deep Silver to help out. And then kind of going back to Catherine now, um, it is self-described as an unconventional, uh, unconventional romantic horror and was the first Atlas title for HD consoles. Uh, it was released in Japan on February 17th, 2011, North America July 26, 2011, and then it later came to Europe and Australia uh, February of 2012. Um, it was later added to PS Now as well as Xbox One via backwards compatibility. It has the same producer slash director as well as art director and composer of the Persona series. Um, and basically their, their goal was to create something different from the Persona series that was aimed more at an adult audience. 
Um, the, uh, the story follows Vincent Brooks, a man experiencing supernatural nightmares over the course of a week. These nightmares are largely a result of being torn between his feelings for his longtime girlfriend, Catherine with a K, and a similar name, Beauty Catherine with a C. Uh, during the day, Vincent can freely explore and talk with his friends and other patrons of the bar, and at night you must navigate the 3D tower puzzle nightmares he has. There are eight possible endings that are affected by the moral choices that Vincent makes over the course of the story. And as far as the game goes, uh, the reception was generally positive, with critics praising its mature subject matter and gameplay, despite criticism towards its high difficulty. Uh, several journalists also said that it had a, it, it represented a lot of gender stereotypes, and this this is crazy to me, but it exceeded Atlas's sales expectations by selling over half a million units worldwide by the end of 2011, which is, like, crazy to think about in nowadays, I guess, you know, half a million exceeding expectations. Like, this was only seven years ago. That's crazy to think that that is how little they thought of the game. Um, and a remaster, and this is partly, this is why I chose this game, uh, there is a remaster for the PS4 and PS Vita called Catherine Full Body that's under development, and it was set to release in the winter of this year. And I was hoping that when we when we made our list, I was hoping that that would already be released when we played this game, but unfortunately it is not. But I figured it, I keep it on the list just because we're going to play it now, so then that way you guys can see how interesting it is you know, and you guys can pick it up if you think this sounds interesting, so that's why we decided, that's why I decided to keep it on, but, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was my homage to Greg, Greg normally does really, uh, lengthy and, uh, pretty good and, uh, in-depth, uh, intros, so I wanted to, wanted to match him a little bit, so, um, let's talk about Catherine. Uh, first off, before we get into actually talking about the game, have you guys have any experience with any other Atlas games? And I'll start with you, Trevor. Have you played any other Atlas games, or is this your first Atlas game? This is my first Atlas game, and oh boy, <laughs> um, I'm wondering if this is the the game to get into Atlas with, because I know they're known for their uh, Megami Tensei games and Persona. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just really curious if any anybody who's like a diehard Atlas game fan actually started with Catherine and then worked their way backwards through the Atlas lineage. You think you just, are you trying to say that this game isn't a game to create diehard fans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I've heard, like it's similar thematically. Uh huh. But. Man, this uh, I'm guessing like maybe people who are really into anime type video games would be more enthusiastic about like finding more games like this one. Like it. I got yeah. you. Um for me, the only <laughs> the only Atlas game I've played besides this is uh Super Dodgeball Advance, which is not at all. <laughs> it's just a 
anime dodgeball game, I guess you could. It's not you even You never anime. played Snowboard Kids for the Nintendo 64? The only snowboard game I played was 1080 snowboarding. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going through the list of atlas games i know man I, I went through the list because i was like i've surely i've played something else but no man like i only super dodgeball advance and now this and um i think this is gonna be the first game we've no this will be the second game because uh the second game that we syndicate third then i forgot about syndicate syndicate and papa yo none of us had played before and um this game, Greg said he'd started it on multiple occasions, but he'd never, it never stuck with him. Um, which sounds like, like really, that's like eighty percent of the games we play, because that dude has played everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, none of us had any experience with Catherine, and uh, I guess I'm assuming you have some Atlas experience, Dante. If I know now, t- uh, Snowboard Kids, what else from Atlas have you played? Yeah, so I've played Snowboard Kids. I think I completed it, but that game gets really hard at the end. Um, like a lot of people, I think Giant Bomb's Persona 4 Endurance Run was what introduced me to the world of Atlas. And I ended up playing through that in college, so that was, I'd like to say, 2010 or 2011. And... I'm super hooked into Persona 4 and that series in general, so I also played Persona 5 when that came out last year. And now that I think about it, I actually had one more Atlas game, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, for the, um, that was PlayStation 2, and I believe I actually had that before I played Persona 4 now that I think about it. So Didn't yeah, realize I they were the same company. No, I definitely did. I just kind of forgot about it because yeah. I started that game, and it turns out that that game is pretty difficult. So I ended up putting it down at some point, and I want to get back into it, but I haven't gotten around to it until literally last night. So we're gonna see how that goes. So yeah, I guess I have a little bit of experience, but not like a ton. Well, I do not have is. any preconceived notions going into this game. I was aware that it was anime adjacent, at the very least, as a non-anime watcher, but I kind of wanted to step outside of my own comfort zone to give this game a shot, because one of the biggest draws for me uh, to this game um, is, as I said, uh, I play fighting games. And this game is pretty big in fighting game communities. There's a uh, multiplayer mode where it's a race against the other person to complete the tower segment or get to the top of the tower. So uh, it's mostly... I actually have not been to a tournament that I'm aware of um, that has this game at the tournament. Um, I would not have known until having played this game, what it was, but um, I believe it's mostly like a West Coast uh, game that they play. So for sure, um, it will be at Evo. And I'm, I'm, I want to, I'm going to message Greg after we're done with this to make sure that he, I want him to try to check out and see if any, he can find anybody that's playing that game. Cause I would love to know what a tournament <laughs> with this game would be like. Cause it's like, it sounds awesome. 
but that's just me. Um, what about uh, I? What what did, what are your expectations going into this game, Dante? Did you have any? This is one of those games where I was kind of neutral on going in. Like, I knew what Cat- Catherine was about, and you tried to the scare me, of, huh? You tried to scare me, <laughs> kind of a little bit. Like, um, I knew it was going to be super anime. I knew it was pretty much a puzzle game, but I didn't really know the layout for it. So. I kind of went in hesitant, but somewhat excited, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about you, Trevor? Did you have any expectations going into the game? So when we first voted for this slate of games, I remember you listed this one, and I looked it up. All I saw was anime and puzzle game. And I was like, okay, I'm here for this. <laughs> And I don't think I looked up anything else about the game. But when I started it up, uh, just from like the intro, turning the game on, I immediately like wrote in the chat, I asked y'all if y'all had played D4. Mm-hmm. Because those are the vibes I was getting from this game, just from the, the intro. Like, have either of y'all played it? It's a sweary game. No. I'm familiar with sweary from Deadly Premonitions, but I haven't played D4. But yeah, it's just very like over the top anime, like a girl wearing cat ears or bunny ears or something like that, and acting like a pet. Oh yeah, just just over the top stuff like that that you would expect from a a very eccentric anime. I think you should play like an actual Atlas game. I this was another one of those examples of like tweeting out or messaging out, hey guys, I'm playing this game, and people, you know, giving feedback, oh, I love that game, or you're going to have fun, or blah, blah, this, and then, of course, the one person in particular, one of one of my friends that, uh, Darius, he gets fixated on things, and that that's like the only thing that he can talk about, and I think he's on his fourth, or pro- probably fourth playthrough of Persona 5, and he was like... You should play Persona 5. <laughs> it is like, bro, I wasn't saying what game should I play. I was just putting it out there that I'm playing this game. And his thing was, you should play Persona 5. So, I don't know. I, I, I kind of am interested now because of the way this game has been going. I'm not the hugest, <laughs> the biggest anime fan. But this is a pretty interesting story for me. Um... But I don't know if I could take it if it's over the course of like 50 hours. I don't know. But how. what if you took the like anime aspect of Catherine, combined it with the JRPG? See, that's where I get lost because I'm not really here. Like that's I think that's the, one co- of the... the combat of a JRPG. But then the dialogue stuff of Mass Effect. See, and that sounds cool, except for the art. Like, I'm not really like a RPG or JRPG fan. I like my RPGs sprinkled into the genres I already like. So, like, I think this game was a little bit uh, more bearable, like the anime aspect, because it was a puzzle game. If it was like anime plus RPG, it's kind of like, I'm not really a fan of either of those two things. But what if I told you it had style? 
okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. No, I don't know. Like, if I... There was that fighting game, Persona 4 Ultima Arena or something like that. And... Or something like that. I'm just going to throw some Persona 5 gifts in the group chat, and I just want you to react to them eventually. You don't have to do it now. Okay. But I'm I'm familiar with some of the Persona characters, and some of them seem kind of cool. Um... Uh, Yakihiko and um, I forgot the girl, the, the the chick with the skirt. She kind of looks like. Um, see what you're saying sounds like Persona Three stuff, and I I haven't gone back. Oh, that far. see then if I, if it's not even in five, why bother? You know what I'm saying? Why even bother? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's talk about some let's talk about some Catherine. So um, as I said, this takes place over the course of a week. You play the character Vincent Brooks. He's like a 31-year-old dude. Um, So the game starts off in a nightmare sequence. Uh, You're in a tutorial. And um, this is kind of where you you get the tutorial on how to move around and how to navigate this, this puzzle. It's a 3D tower puzzle. Um, So you get like that tutorialized... um, the tutorials are a thing, Trevor. Like, how, how do you think this... Uh, I mean, it's very brief, but, like, once when you got into the game and the very first thing you were in was a tutorial for the puzzle, how were you feeling at the moment? And what did you think overall about the, the puzzle tower concept? See, this is a really cool way to introduce, like... I'm going to use the term that they use techniques in the game. Mm-hmm. Because it's... It's not as much as a tutorial as it is showing you how to improve. An introduction. <laughs> yeah. Like, the the game mechanics are very simple. You know, you move, you know, you can move in all directions. You push blocks, you pull blocks, you climb. But then it, it kind of tells you how you can get better at that. How you can play the game better. And not necessarily... Um, I don't know, teaching you teaching you new things because you can do all of these things from the very beginning, but it gives you these techniques to kind of build on like gradually. It shows you how to do things and like it, it does a good job. Like this is going a little bit ahead, but it's kind of sprinkled throughout this game where we we are gonna cover the first five chapters of this game and I think even in that chapter five that's six hours into the game or, you know, four to six hours into the game. And they're showing you techniques that you can learn throughout this entire five chapter uh, segment. So it does a good job of like, you're constantly learning new things. And it's not even necessarily abilities. It's just like, these are things that you could do from the very beginning but you just wouldn't have thought of how to do it until you, it gets shown to you, possibly. Um, what do you think about it, Dante? Um, just, just the concept of the, the the tower concept and like just how they show you this stuff to you. Are we talking about the tutorials in specific? The or tutorials, are we about... you, the tutorials, and you can even talk about just how they show the techniques then too. I definitely like that there are techniques, and they like spell them out to you in some way. I wish you didn't have to talk to every... I, I won't 
give away the mechanic they use for like divulging the techniques, but it's a little frustrating where in Ninja Gaiden, I just have my move list and I could just go to my move list and it's like, Hey, here are all the techniques I have available to me. Even though these are like technical techniques, not button press techniques. I wish you didn't have to talk to everybody to actually get that information divulged to you. I gotcha. And also I wish like it was a little bit more interactive where sometimes you watch the tutorial or the technique and then actually applying it in a puzzle feels different just because you don't have the muscle memory quote, so to speak of, you know, I don't know. Like you don't get to actually interact with the tutorials. You have to watch them. Yeah, it doesn't put you in like a, a sandbox or anything to to let you practice it. Yeah. And then by the time you use it, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but sometimes it feels like you're already in a time crunch. And so you don't have time to master that technique like right there on the spot. And yeah, they definitely give you all the tools to do it. I just, I wish there was more than one way of receiving that information. Because I felt like I got stuck in a couple parts, and there's a couple key techniques that, I don't want to say trivialized it, but it would have helped out immensely if I had known prior. I I get that. I think one of the things for me is um, I wish there was a way you could go back to watch the, the videos. Like, I wish it went to some type of inventory, like on your... Like a technique screen or exactly. something. Exactly. Like, if I paused yeah. it, I could look at the techniques I've learned this far. Even if I couldn't necessarily practice them, I could see um, the videos of how they're done. Because one of the things that I kept running into, I think you even said this in our chat, Dante, was like... You can learn a technique, but you may not know when to use it or apply it. And, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I watched a bunch of technique videos, and I was just like, oh, that's cool. I don't need to know that. Like, it's cool. Like, they're na- it, it was weird to me because it just seems like they're naming ways of how you pull out these blocks. And in the heat of the moment, I'm just, like, not even thinking, oh, I need to do the tornado or oh i need to do the bridge i just think i just need to get here so i'm not necessarily thinking like remember that thing you learned you can apply it here it's just like how do i get here and i think kind of learning uh, or being able to practice some of the things would have been beneficial but i'm not like i think even just something as simple as being able to call up those videos and rewatch them again would have been even more beneficial for me um but yeah, so you you learn, um, you get to go to this tutorial sequence and just kind of see the overall uh, puzzle tower, the nightmare sequence. Um, and then from there, you get to the top of the tower and then you escape the, uh, the nightmare and you escaping the nightmare wakes you up in real life. And so then you get to see Vincent in the real life and kind of see his living, his apartment and just how he's living. Um, he kind of wakes up and he's very confused about what has just happened because he's like, he's very like just out of, out of, out of it when he wakes up and he finds out he wet the bed, which was, uh, I mean, he's a 31 year old man. So that is not 
normal and uh not for him anyways um <laughs> and uh now you get to see him in his everyday life and i think he ends up meeting his girlfriend Catherine um with a k which that's i think that's going to be how we describe them Catherine k and Catherine c is no that- no we can't do that that's <laughs> that's way too long we need to do like blonde Catherine or like glasses i don't Girlfriend Catherine versus Cheater Catherine? I don't know. Hmm. There has to be some type of nomenclature. We'll, we'll say Homewrecker Catherine. Um. I, eh, eh, <laughs> we, don't need to, we don't need to describe any of those things on her. You know, we haven't seen this whole story play out, guys. We, C Catherine, K Catherine? And that's what I said, man. No, you said Catherine with A. Oh, that's so much you. longer. I got you. Okay, what about we say K and C? Just the letter. How about that? That's fine. Okay. So, man, I don't even know if I'm going to keep to that. I'm going to just say girlfriend Catherine and other Catherine. How about girlfriend Catherine and other Catherine? I don't know who you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get to see Vincent with girlfriend Catherine. Um, and she, yeah, I mean, that really depends on your choices at that point. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> man, um, man, what about bar Catherine and other cat, ah, <laughs> girlfriend Catherine and, and, uh, bar Catherine. Sure. I don't know. Well, you, you'll know what we're talking about. We don't have to. I'll agree on the same one. So he's meeting with girlfriend Catherine and she starts hinting about marriage and it kind of, I won't say freaks Vincent out, but he's very noncommittal about it. And he's kind of just like, why would we want to mess up a good thing? Like we got this thing going. Like, I know we've been together for a while, but like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And that's kind of his attitude about it, and you can kind of see that frustrates Catherine a little bit because she, uh, I think she's ready to settle down. I'm assuming she's in her 30s. I think they they went to school together, so she has to be roughly around 31. So, I mean, she probably has some some things going on where she's, like, having a time clock, and she's just kind of like, hey, we need to get the ball rolling on these other things. And, um... You know, uh, he doesn't seem to be on the same page as her about where the relationship is going. Um, and it kind of leaves at that where he, I mean, that's that's where they they leave them to at. And um, from there, he ends up, uh, I, I think, on the in the background, and this is all played through uh, animation, through anime. So this is all like a stylized cutscene. Um, uh, they also have a report on the news and the TV at the, the lunch or the, the place they're eating at about mysterious deaths of, um, a mysterious death and they will have more news that later on. So that's what's really going on at the moment. Um, Dante, do you have any <laughs> insight, any thoughts on the, the Catherine Vincent dynamic so far? Catherine so, with a K. At this point, everything's still pretty early. 
it's practically porn at this point. It's practically hentai. Who are we kidding? Really? So, I mean, it's it's getting there. You know, there's um, really. <laughs> hey, man, you saw how he he woke up. I have no idea what you what like. One, I don't know what hentai is, um, <laughs> but two, like, I guess what is hentai? And I mean that in the most serious way. What is that? Is that like an anime style? I, is this a bit? Rem- no, remember, remember in Ninja Gaiden where you're in the ice caverns and you fight that boss, the the penis monster. All the tentacles that you have to fight through Ninja Gaiden. Okay, that's that's hentai. That's hentai. That's all you need to know, man. Okay. Don't a um, viewers don't Google that, or do Google that. I, I take it back. We're, we're not the police. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I didn't realize that. So hentai is like the girls with the tentacles. It, it's Japanese anime porn. Okay, much. I I Thank honestly you for did not me say know that, that out loud. I honestly <laughs> did not know that. Like what it was called, I was aware it's a thing. But you, I, you're in the FGC, dude. I assume I thought it was just anime. I thought it was all just blanket anime. <laughs> so when everybody's just like, "That's so hentai," you're like, "Oh yeah, that is anime right there, dude." Again. <laughs> You don't know how many people say Japanese words in everyday like, like everyday conversations that just assume that because I'm the age I am, I know what they're talking about. I assumed it for other reasons, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> people will say some words that just because you're this certain age or you, they think you're in this demographic, they're going to be like, oh, it, it, you know, he knows, he knows. Like, He's in on it. He's in on the hit. Yeah, like, I'm aware of some sites or anime uh but i don't like never been to it but people always like check out this thing bible black and i'm like i don't know what that is but people always suggest it so i'm assuming it's like when people say hey check out two girls one cup it's not that bad or you know so i just already know how did we get to two girls one cup i'm just saying like because of Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) literally um as much waypoint as you listen to and as as horny as waypoint is the fact this doesn't make sense to me right now. We're we're having this five minute diatribe about hentai and somehow ended up on two girls one cup. I was just trying because, to say something that people were like, "You should check this out." Because if you don't know what it is, they're like, "I can't believe you haven't heard about it." Everybody's heard about it, so they keep saying this thing to you. And I tub girl, just tub girl, tub girl, tub girl, blue waffle or something. You know, like all these things, and it's just like, is this how we get viewers? No. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> I mean, it was bound to come up with this game. I mean, this this you game know, deals with the erotic, and... It cert- it's practically that linear path. Yeah. You know, you start Catherine to Hentai to Tub Girl to Two Girls, One Cup. And, I mean, in a lot of Japanese anime culture, it... I mean, it has its roots in that sort of thing. So, Bro, I... That... That borderline felt right. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, I, okay. Japanese culture and two girls, one cup. My bad. And anime culture. <laughs> I didn't mean like Japanese has nothing <laughs> to do with worse. it. Even uh, worse. I'd rather ascribe it to people of fans of things than an entire people. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily the people, but the <laughs> the content. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's Overwatch stuff too, and Overwatch isn't is it Japanese? See, yeah, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that, but I didn't know there was like a name for it. I just was like, oh, these people like 
want to make sure that they are aw- everybody's aware of the love that they feel that these two characters have for each other. Or lack thereof. Yeah, or lack thereof. Pray tell. <laughs> let's let's get off this. Okay. Um, okay, well, my next question, how do you feel <laughs> about the game being laid out the way it's being laid out through this animation versus it being like, I mean, they do a good job of going back and forth between, like, an anime style and a, like, in-game engine cutscenes. Like, do you do you like the way they do that, go back and forth between the two, or do you prefer one or the other? That's to either of you guys. I think, like, when I was playing this game, and whenever that happened, I had a different posture while I was playing it. Like, when the... the... This goes back to hentai? <laughs> Like, when the 3D cutscenes would start, I would still be in the game. But as soon as they transitioned to, like, 2D anime, I would uh-huh. immediately, like, lean back in my seat and just kind of watch this like I'm I'm watching a TV show. I kind of felt the same way. I was like, okay, it's about to be... It's 3D animation. It's about to, like, the cutscene's about to end, and then I'm about to be in control, right? Yeah, it felt like that was kind of how they transitioned you in between being a player and being a viewer is by changing between um, 2D and 3D. I wonder if... uh, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if when you're dealing with the Catherines, if it's one way or the other. So I think so far, when you've dealt with the Catherines, it's always been the animation. But then when you deal with these characters we're about to come up to, like I think you see it in both 3D and animation guys yes i have to backtrack for a second okay marcus you have played another atlas game what you played trauma center remember that doctor game that we played we only played for a brief moment i mean okay (laughs) but we did play one i don't i don't remember but i like i remember the name sounded familiar but i was like i don't know what that is but you're right i have i think i played like a level of it yeah, I think we we tried it, and the one we played had multiplayer, which was kind of new to that series. Um, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I really love the Trauma Center games, and I completely forgot they were Atlas. Okay, well there we go. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Um, but uh, yeah, so just after that lunch meeting with girlfriend Catherine, that's really the end of chapter one. Like as far as I can tell, like they're. Chapters are kind of weird because they, they, the way they showcase it in the story is um, like a loading screen that's as it's loading, it's showing the time, uh, like the time progressing. So I think the way we're going to do it for this show, um, so we, our chapters may be a little off, but the way we're going to do it is nighttime designates a new chapter and then nightmare and then day. So that's all in a single chapter. So this first chapter, you start off in the nightmare sequence, and then you wake up, and it's daytime. And then when you get to the bar, that designates a new chapter. So after the lunch that you have with Catherine, you go to the bar. There is a chapter two uh, title uh, screen, I think, right here. So now we're in chapter two. Um, And this is the introduction to the Stray Sheep Bar which is a, it seems like a local, like, everyday type of bar. Um, you have your, your people that are the, the regulars that go, 
And so um, you have you you regularly meet here with your friends. Um, you have what Toby, which is like the uh, I think you you guys all know each other from school. But Toby seems like the the youngest one of the batch of you guys. So I'm wondering if maybe he's like a little brother or something. He's a little less um, he's a little less mature than the other three uh, other friends. Then you have Johnny, who's like the he seems like the the asshole of the group, I guess you could say. We're really, him and the other guys, Orlando, and they, they both kind of seem like cynics. And they uh, don't necessarily agree, but they both kind of have like a, a pessimistic attitude about things that are going on. Um, but beyond that, too, then you have the boss who... Uh, works the works the bar you have erica who's like the the waitress who she brings the drinks if you're sitting at the booths or whatever and she also seems like um she went to school with you guys so she regularly checks up with you guys and kind of just chats with you guys while she's out working and then just some other people that um you'll see on uh, a daily basis and then uh they also introduce the cell phone mechanics and um, as well as the morality, I guess you could say. I think, like in, in Mass Effect, when you know you're having a conversation with somebody, you can do Renegade or uh, Paragon, and this it's the same concept in this game. It's just uh, it's called Law versus Chaos. So a negative response nets you chaos, and a positive response nets you law. So, um, uh, and I think just really the uh, the cell phone. At this point, it, it's like um, you get texts from people. So I think you get a text message from Catherine. And it's pretty cool. Um, you can respond to it. And instead of it just being like a, you know, press A for a positive, press X for a negative response, you can kind of like see uh, like what you're going to type out. You can, there's like th- two to four canned responses. And you can kind of select one and... You can do that multiple times, depending on how many responses that the, the text message warrants. Um, so I thought that was kind of nifty. And then they also, uh, that's the save system in the game as well, saving from your cell phone. Um, and at this point, I, I don't know, I think he's talking about, uh, story-wise, I believe the only, the, the main subject of the conversation in this is that random death that you guys heard about and the cafeteria when you were eating lunch with Catherine is ends up being a school friend of you guys. So that's like the the subject of conversation this first day is uh, you guys talking about, I think his name is Paul and just saying like, Oh man, I wonder what happened with him. And you guys having a conversation about him and like how crappy uh, it is and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of seeing their, having their personalities fleshed out. Do either of you guys have an opinion about any friend in particular, or any of the friends, or the group dynamic as a whole? Does it does it seem like a uh, realistic depiction of a, a group of friends meeting at a bar? So, I thought it was a really, really good group of characters they got right here. And this is kind of the trademark persona style of character which I thought was really interesting, where you could definitely tell it was that same team that worked on both of these games. 
Like, all of these individuals seem... Like, at their core, they're kind of good people, but they just have these very heavy character flaws within them. And you kind of get that impression immediately with all of them. It's like, there's this one thing that you just said that is I don't align with, but other than that, like, me and you are very similar. <laughs> okay. Like that. What's that one thing? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying me and you. I'm saying, like, you to the characters. It's like... Oh. Yeah, like, I, I'm real, I really identify with this character, except for this one thing that he says. But other than that, like, we... Like, I see myself as him, or I see this person that I know in real life as this other person in this game. Definitely, definitely. And I think they do a really good job of fleshing out those characters so they are not just one-note stereotypes of that archetype for the most part. So, not the boss dude, but Orlando. He just... You can tell just by, like, what the other your other friends are saying about him is, like, he's not a complete scumbag, but due to the trauma of his relationship, it's caused him to talk like one a lot of the time. And... I honestly, I don't feel like him and Johnny are that different. Like, they... I mean, Johnny is maybe a little bit more depressed and, like, gloomy, it seems. And Orlando is a little more cynical about relationships and he's also Johnny's the boss Johnny's the guy that sits beside Toby yeah 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 and okay. um so like Toby is very immature and just like very young and he is like the most untainted I guess you could say like he doesn't have the relationship experience it seems like that the other two, three guys do and then obviously you're playing as Vincent so it's just kind of like um uh, you're, you don't really get to hear about his past relationships unless the characters talk it out. But like Johnny, kind of seems like a like a uh, like a careless in a like whatever happens happens type of mood. Like I'm not gonna you know expend any extra energy to apply myself to anything. And it looks like it seems like Orlando did at a time, and then it kind of bit him in the butt, so he's kind of stopped. And he has that same hopeless uh, attitude, but I don't know if he's just being a dick about it to cover up some of the, like you said, the the pain slash trauma that he's experienced. Yeah, I think it's two different takes on a similar character with those two. Like, you have the one that did have a family versus the one who, I can't remember. um, I forgot Johnny's backstory. Yeah, his backstory, but. I think it's pretty similar, but I don't think he has kids or anything. Yeah. Or he ever had a wife. Yeah. What do you think, Trevor? Do you have any insight on these characters? Um, I really like the bar scenes because they've made like all these very... They've given all these characters very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. And I know this game focuses a lot on like morality, and it's cool seeing the different perspectives. Like, yeah, you're the character and you're the one taking all the actions and everything. So, of course, you get to feel a certain way. But the game isn't just giving you the main character's perspective on on what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're able to interact with your friends and 
and you get their perspective as well. So I think that's... I think it's really cool. Doesn't it yeah. seem like organic and like an actual like group of friends versus it being like a video game? Like, well, did you think about this thing or did you think about that? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, did you guys like the cell phone? Like, this is just a random, just yes or no type thing. But did you guys like the, the cell phone texting mechanic? I actually didn't get into it at this point in the game. Like, I dang, w- you didn't text her back. <laughs> I didn't. Leave I... her on read twenty eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> I I completely forgot to text her back. But when I got a message like later on, like in the later chapter, um, I made an effort to figure it out. But um, dang. but yeah, I, you know, it's it's pretty cool. It um, you know, it doesn't seem like you're just pressing pressing a button and to give a response i mean it is it is more like you know dialogue where like you know the style of mass effect where you know somebody asks you how you feel about something and you can give a renegade or paragon response and it's in the format of a text message yeah i think that's a pretty cool way of um, delivering that i think it's different i just appreciate it like a lot of times like when i play games with cell phones it's you know like you don't necessarily interact with the story or progress the story in the same way. It's usually just like, oh, here's how you save or here's how you check your inventory or whatever. So I just thought it was neat that they had the foresight to try to use it this way instead. Um, but yeah, after a while, uh, your friends leave and you're about wrapping it up, but a girl asks to sit if she can sit with you and you're like, sure. And it kind of just fades to black and then I think you wake up and you're in a nightmare sequence and um you I think this one is pretty straightforward the things to appear uh they they uh since the since the tutorial the new things to the nightmare sequence they added are um enemy sheep so like basically sheep that are also actually I just realized we didn't describe or discuss the fact that you are a sheep when you are doing the puzzle sequence. Um, so yeah, uh, this this puzzle sequence, you're Vincent and just like he's shirtless and just a pair of boxers and he's holding a pillow. And he has these two horns kind of just growing out of his, his head. And you, um, as you're advancing through this uh this is only in the nightmare, only in the nightmare sequences. But as you're advancing, uh, they have like th- the towers are divided into sections. And so each section is divided by a landing. And on the landing, you can save it, you can talk to other people. And here is when the first landing you hit in this chapter, it's like, what the heck are all these sheep doing here? Like, who are these sheep? And you talk to the sheep. And you realize, oh, these are other people having the same nightmare I'm having. And I'm only not appearing as a sheep because I'm me. But to them, I'm a sheep and they're them, you know? So, uh, <laughs> is that is that confusing? <laughs> you're a sheep. No, you're a sheep. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you can kind of, like, a lot of the people, the sheep, 
look just like sheep there, but there are some of them that have like a distinguishing feature that as they are important characters and you keep running into them. So there's uh, a sheep with glasses that you run into a bunch. There's a police officer sheep. There's a, uh, a shopkeeper sheep. There's a, uh, a sheep with, a, I think they call it like dapper or regent hair or something like that. So there are these reoccurring characters that are also progressing through the nightmares as well. And then I think it's at this point that you find out that if you die in the nightmare, you die in real life. So there's that added uh, um, motivation to make it out of the the, the tower sequence alive. Um, And uh, the also one of the also uh, distinguishing features about these landings is beyond um, running into the shopkeeper and learning. This is where you learn new techniques like we were, we were talking about, but there is a confessional booth that is also doubles as an elevator. And so every time you get in this confessional booth, this mysterious person on the other side talks to you and is basically grading you on your progress in a sense and ask you a question and you have to answer the question, and once you answer the question, you, you pull a string to answer your question, and then the, uh, then you get to proceed to the next section of the tower, and the game feeds back uh, online players' results, and basically everybody's first playthrough of this game, when they got asked that question, what did they answer with? So you can kind of, it's kind of like a, it made me think of uh, the Telltale games, when you make a decision in those games and at the end of the chapter or the act or whatever, you can kind of see what everybody else that's played the game, like what percentage of them, and it showed through a pie graph. That's the same thing with this. So they'll ask... I'm trying to think of a question. Can you, can either of you guys think of a question they ask in the confessional booth? They're, they're like real life. Like, if somebody cheated on you, would you break up with them or would you make them break up with you? Yeah, or there was or another... You ended. There was another one like... um how do you feel about praying mantis female eating its male uh, companion? And it's like nauseous or I'm okay with it. <laughs> or like, uh, are all men stupid? Yes or no. Or, you know, something like that. And you answer. And it, it's, it's, I think it has no bearing on the story as far as I can tell. Um, it's really weird to me that they did introduce this feature but I'm not mad at it. It's, it, it's kind of interesting to see what uh, people's results are. And it wasn't until today that I realized that I, I thought that um, I, I thought that we all would have gotten asked the same questions. I thought there was a no, they're different. Yeah, and I didn't realize if you that. have to redo a chapter and you like go back there. Yeah, and I didn't know question. that. But because I, I remember going to Dante's stream and I, Dante was streaming this, and I was watching him play, and I think he made the comment like. So far, I've been with the majority on everything. And I'm like, really? Because I'm thinking, like, you answered with the majority on that question? But we had different questions. So I was ju- I was judging him for a little uh, bit. I'll be honest. I was judging him for a little bit. <laughs> interesting. But yet, no, this game has made me feel super basic because every single question they've asked, I've been in the majority. It, even if it's about, like, a 51-49 split. I mean, like, it, the questions are kind of silly because some of them require a little bit more nuance than yes or no. But, you, yeah, you know, like... Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why it's in the game, but I'm not mad at it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to play this game, Renegade, too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, we don't call it Renegade. We call it Chaos. Oh, bad, chaos. You gotta get with the anime. <laughs> I thought we said pimping, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so some of the new things to appear in this nightmare sequence are, are the confessionals. Uh, these enemy sheep, which are... <laughs> The the it's funny because the first part of this this um, tower, the only way you can like move past the sheep because they're also on the same puzzle as you is you just run into them to kind of bonk them on the head or whatever with your pillow, and they drop down the ledge. Well, I was doing that and like even like pushing some off, like you know pulling a block from underneath them so they'd fall to their death, and it was funny because you get to the next landing. And or that first landing, and the, you you find out that the sheep are other people having the same dream as you, and I immediately felt bad, and I was like, I just killed some people that were just in the dream with me, and then it was funny because there was another uh, sheep that was basically going through the same thing that I was going to. He had that same realization, and he was like, "You mean those were actual people?" And I thought that was funny. Um, and then some of the other things they introduced, like they introduced a shopkeeper who you collect coins while you're doing the puzzles and um, <clears throat> earn points depending on how fast you complete the puzzle or, or and uh, earn coins, I should say. And you can buy his items with coins and they do things like you can drop an extra block in front of you. You can take out the enemies on the screen. Um, I think those are the only two that I can think of. Oh, there's one that you can jump or climb two blocks at a time instead of one. Uh, so there's a little bit of gameplay variance in the, the the items at the shopkeeper, but you can only hold one item at a time. So you can find them in a puzzle as you're going, or you can buy a specific one from the shopkeeper as well. But he only has like a handful on sale, so he never has like all the items on sale. And then the other thing they introduce is the heavy blocks, which are blocks that take more energy slash effort to move so they're they, it's harder for vincent to move them meaning uh it takes longer to complete a puzzle or whatever if you're if you are pulling those out it's slowing you down um i guess another thing we didn't say dang we're really bad at this is this our first time but uh as you're going up the puzzle the thing that's spurring you on is the floors underneath you are going away they're they're dropping so you basically are racing against this tower that is slowly crumbling underneath you. So uh, that is what's spurring you on. And uh, you, I think you play two levels of this tower, and then you end up getting to the first boss, which is the Fist of Grudge. It is a uh, female, two female arms with silver hair wrapped around each other, and they're wielding a giant bloodstained fork. And uh, so it has two attacks. It um, it skewers blocks and Vincent with the fork, which instant kills Vincent, or basically knocks him down briefly if he gets gets out of the way. It it stabs the block and then it stuns him a little bit. Um, and then later on, she can turn normal blocks into heavy blocks, which, as I said, they take twice as long to move. So it significantly slows down your progress when you had a whole bunch of normal blocks, and now you have to move a whole bunch of, of the heavy blocks. So, um, how, how did you feel about the Fist of the Grudge uh, encounter, Trevor? Like, did you... What did you think of the boss sequence? Did you like it? I thought it was pretty fun. 
they um they really amp up the sense of urgency like with the boss battles because like with the normal levels like you said they're just blocks falling down but then with like the boss battles you actually have something that you're racing against and not something just... is almost spurring you along yeah to go even faster right <laughs> it's, it's not just like a race against the clock um and the interesting thing about it too is like when you're talking to the sheep i don't know if y'all like made an effort to talk to every sheep on each landing but when you're talking to them they kind of give you like context clues about the boss that's coming up or or something's up ahead or you know they could see it it's and i don't know it just gives you more context behind the monster or behind the boss whatever is uh chasing you in each level yeah yeah definitely that i i thought i just going back a little bit i do like the boss sequences even if they can be a little difficult just because it like you said it adds a little bit of variability um the Depending on their attacks, it's fun. So the, this first boss was pretty straightforward. Not going to lie, I did die um, a couple times because I was just, like, getting stuck on something or whatever. Or uh, I, I, I didn't know you could move the heavy blocks for the longest time, so I kept getting caught. And I was like, what the heck do I do here? Like, I was just going around them, working around them. But uh, once I figured that out, it, it became simpler. But it was just... Um, it's cool to, like, it almost reminded me of, like, when we were playing the Ninja Gaiden, and it's, like, you have those time sequences, that, that one time sequence that was giving you trouble or whatever, and the and the caverns or whatever, the magma caverns, and it kind of made me think of that, where it's, like, oh, cool, like, here's this thing that isn't really in the main, like playing the main gameplay mechanics of this game but it was really like a breath of fresh air to have to deal with this and that's kind of how i feel about the bosses even though they come up like on a more frequent basis is that oh like this normal puzzle tower is pretty chill and calming for the most part like it's it's i can go at my own pace but then when you when you run up against these bosses um it's it's a you have to, like, have some sense of urgency, and it's just, like, kind of test your ability to do the towering sequence. Uh, how, how did you feel about the Fist of the Grudge encounter, Dante? Like, that, that first boss? The first boss, I don't really remember too much about. It was definitely interesting, and... Just the just the simple fact that you had a... Almost like an objective, like you were racing against somebody now yeah. versus your own self. No, like, the fact that they start highlighting blocks and you start to feel a certain type of way when you see that fork starting to like lunge back mm-hmm. or whatever i start jamming on that undo button <laughs> right right i just thought it added like a good like some some good tension you know put some yeah pep it was in a good step. change of pace <laughs> um trevor did you have something yeah i was also gonna say i was reading the wiki and it's basically like this boss is a callback to the scene with Vincent and Catherine um, with a K when they're eating dessert and she's trying to get his attention. She stabs the fork yeah. into the cake. Yep. Yep. Um, there's a lot of good things that they do with um, these bosses in a. Uh, uh, Thematic? Yeah, like they. 
the bosses have a theme to them based off of the chapter that you're on. You know, they they all tie into whatever is happening in the chapter, and we can talk about that. But I think that is uh, really cool. Um, and, but uh, and it adds to the idea that Vincent is in a nightmare. Exactly, because he's like, this is literally what happened in his day, so this is like, in in theory, what's fresh on his mind, that, especially once we get to see more of this character throughout these days, you can kind of, like, get a feel for his character, and, like, see what's going on in his mind, and you kind of, like, see him replay back conversations from earlier in the day, so those are, like, fresh on his mind a lot. Um, but yeah, once you, um get to the top of the tower when you're fighting as a boss you open the door and this is light and it's like uh heavenly music is playing i forgot what like it's like a super uh memorable uh i'm sorry super popular like opera song i can't think of it right now but um it that plays and then the light is beaming through and basically pierces whatever the boss is and like vanishes it or whatever just disintegrates it and uh, you go through the door, and once you go through the door, you wake up from the dream, the nightmare, I should say. And so this first day, he wakes up, and he wakes up with a random girl from the bar in his bed. And he's like, what the heck is going on? Um, and she's like, you don't remember? And he's like, pans back and sees him flashing back to the encounter he had with her at the bar to kind of fill in the gaps. So she asks to sit with him. She sits with him. They drink. They talk. She ends up sitting on the side of the booth with him. They talk some more. She, like, scooches in close to her him. He feels on her accidentally, anime style, I guess. Is, is that how it is, Dante? <laughs> like, oh, she I, I'm, she fell in my lap, so I didn't actually mean to palm her butt cheek, old, but it, actually, it happened. The old clumsy schoolgirl routine. <laughs> right? And she ends up kissing him or whatever, and... Uh, he, so that, that's what he remembers. Um, but he realizes, man, she's laying like in my bed naked. I know what went down. I know what went down, but, uh, he's like in his head, you're seeing him having this, this dilemma with himself about, oh my God, how could I have done this to Catherine after she just was talking to me about marriage? Uh, I'm sorry, Catherine, uh, with a K and, um, the girl, she realizes that she has a tennis appointment or something. She has some appointment. So she's, like, quickly leaving as Vincent is, like, struggling with how to tell her that he has a girlfriend. So he actually never gets the words out um, before she leaves. So that's basically where we're at at the end of Chapter 2. And uh, Chapter 3 starts, um, and... He's basically. Wait, before we go ahead. Before we jump into that, I just. What's everybody feeling like about Vincent right now? I'm like. Uh, so I don't drink that often. And I'm not kind of condone what he's he did, but, um, I can kind of see him like from what I hear like forgetting moments and things like that. So I'm not sad, or like surprised that what happened happened. I was more shocked that, like, he was not able to get out and tell her that he had a girlfriend. So, like, everything leading up to it happening is whatever. Like, this is for the sake of the story. And obviously, him not telling the girlfriend he had a girlfriend 
is also, but it was just like, bro, what are you doing? You literally just, like, you just open your mouth. You're thinking about it. Stop thinking about it and just say it. It was very frustrating, and it, and it kind of, like, I think it plays into this dude's um, persona, if you will. Uh <laughs> I don't know, like, I, I think this dude is kind of shown as a, he, of his friends, has it the most together, but I think that that is, as we are going on, I think that that is going to appear not to be the case, and, like, we, we I feel like we probably were very judgy about his friends, potentially, I, I think I was kind of judgy about his friends in that initial encounter, but I think that he may have them all beat in certain aspects. See, I thought his friends actually had it somewhat together. He seemed to be, well, especially after this, like, if you ask me chapter zero, yeah, he seems fine. But now his life is pretty much a crisis. I don't think it's a crisis yet. I think it's on the verge of being a crisis, but I don't think it's a crisis yet. Like, I'm not saying it's, it's excusable or manageable or he's in a good space or state, but I think that it's, mm-hmm. like, not full-blown crisis yet. That's fair. What about you, Trevor? It's... I don't know. Like, when I first started playing this game and it got to this point, it seemed like a leap. One, because this girl is a complete stranger. Like, I don't know how, you know, the whole hookup cheating scene goes... But I mean, <laughs> I almost choked on my food. <laughs> like, he said, this girl, I don't know how it goes. This girl is a, I'm not an I expert. This I girl see is, you. <laughs> this girl Your door's complete, open, huh? Your door's open, huh? <laughs> this girl's a complete stranger. So that's why all those cars are exploding in front of your house. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, he. I don't know. Like, part of me thought maybe she drugged him. I don't know. How else do you let a, like, just a random girl, like, spend the night with you? Hey, man, he was drunk. Blame it on the alcohol. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was elite. <laughs> I won't let it happen to me, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, I see. I see. Um, but, I mean, I I do like how, like, this game builds on that and how he's dealing with it. Like he's going, how he's dealing with it. You mean how he's not dealing well, with it? <laughs> how he's failing to deal with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that, that's where we're at right now. So, so the next day, chapter three, it starts. And, um, so he's, <clears throat> he's back at the bar with his homies and this is where you kind of meet uh, there. Orlando didn't show up. We talked about him, but Orlando doesn't show up until this chapter. Um, so I think you you end up uh, going out to eat lunch with Orlando. So I think maybe you even you might work with him. And so um, then the you plus Orlando, Toby, and Johnny are back at the bar at your booth drinking, and they basically are chastising you or congratulating you or like it is they're basically the, the subject of uh, the topic of the conversation is your infidelity 
and talking about this girl and how'd you let it happen? Because, like, just the day before, they were talking to you about, like, your stance on marriage and, like, how long you've been dating Catherine and, like, how you should have known that she would wanted this to happen. And now they're like, I can't believe we were just here yesterday talking about your marriage or, you know, you potentially getting married and now you're cheating. I hope she was cute or... Hey man, if this thing doesn't work out with the new girl, can I can I you know slide through or whatever, and just kind of like giving him crap, but also like you know uh, giving him advice too, and um, even uh, Erica joins in the girl that works at the bar. She like I said, she's friends with you guys, so she's like I can't believe like. I mean, if it was Johnny Orlando, I completely understand. But I, you know, I, I didn't expect it to happen with you and Catherine, Vincent. You know, like how could you? Or you need to make this right and tell her. And kind of given like the uh, woman's point of view on the matter, and just like the infidelity and all that. And I think this is another. Um, I think this is another time where the game kind of showcases, and maybe it, it gets a little, a little stereotypical with like the machismo a little bit where I feel like some of the guys aren't necessarily in it for his best interest they're kind of like hey man I mean you win some right, you're not so. fitness smash yeah you know like and I, I I don't necessarily like that and like I, I don't know like that's me not liking that but like I know that's how guys are too so like I can't fault them for uh you know um showcasing some of that because that definitely uh is a persistent thing and and uh guys you know guys just talking (laughs) i don't know how to male culture yeah yeah like i can just think like like i guarantee you like okay i don't want to guarantee you guys but like we've all heard this where it was like so-and-so got caught with the teacher man why were the teachers doing that when i was in school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like that kind of mentality is basically these guys in this game. You know, I think that's another reason why Erica's like the last person you talk to when you leave the bar, um, because she's kind of like that voice of reason. Kind of, I. It's... The employee that works at the place that is pretty much omnipotent. Yeah, yeah but like the thing is too, like she even makes light of her outfit where she's kind of scantily, not scantily, but she's wearing like a a weight, like a almost like a French maid outfit, but just colored in red and yellow. But you know, so her her boobs are kind of out. She's wearing like a shorter skirt, and she's like she kind of makes light of it or whatever. But like she is the voice of reason in, in a sense, but it's also like a much needed female perspective to kind of cut through all this toxic like male (laughs) uh uh, discussion that's going on like i I mean don't get me wrong like toby is not necessarily applauding and high-fiving you like the other two guys kind of are they're not necessarily i think orlando is more kind of saying like man like you got it made like what is there to complain about but like johnny is kind of just like man like you got to tell one of them, you know, you got to break it to one of them. And then Toby's kind of like, I just can't believe you did that, man. What about Catherine? You know? So like, you kind of get the range from the guys, but I think Erica is like the, the one to kind of hammer home, like the, the moral choice, I guess you can say. She just wants you, she, she's like your guide for morality, I guess, in a sense. 
But I do like that the game does give those perspectives, even if I don't necessarily agree with all the perspectives, because I think it is realistic in the circles that I've been in, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of reminds you of those dudes you're just like, uh Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, I, I can totally see this person in my life saying this thing, you know? It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Um, Except if you're Trevor and you only hang out around dignified individuals. I mean, yeah. People that don't know anything about the cheating scene. Hey, man, I, <laughs> I don't know about the cheating hookup scene. I, but, I don't uh, know. Is that what the kids are into, <laughs> that and the Jello pudding pops? And... I, what was that, Trevor? Huh? No, I was just saying, man, I don't know. F-I-F-F? I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> It's like hentai. <laughs> Apparently, you just go to a bar and a, and, and the girl just a girl falls, falls in your into lap. your lap. That's how it happens. That's the excuse they use. She fell. <laughs> I guess that's how it really happens. I was just, you know, I was just. <laughs> it's led to those DMs. Yeah. So, um, yes. Which at this point, have you gotten the first, you know? image dm no 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 not at all okay i think you end up getting a message from this girl like a text message but um i he's just kind of like how does this girl get my number you know type of type of deal he's not even thinking about it really um but you you end up leaving the bar and this triggers the next nightmare sequence and uh some of the things that they introduce in this uh sequence are in this sequence are the crumble blocks which are blocks that crumble over a period of time and then the trap blocks which are these blocks that if you stand on these spikes shoot out the bottom of it so you can only like you have to briefly stand on them and then hop off before you get insta killed by these spikes um this is a pretty short chapter actually um but the 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 boss is the immoral beast and uh, this is a grotesque mishmash of limbs and butt cheeks. <laughs> I had to include that word. Uh, conjoined to vaguely resemble a, a heart. And it has two arms and legs, but moves in like a crab-like position on all fours. It kind of has like, uh, it has a face, like, you know, the, the eyes, the nose, and the mouth on both sides of the creature. But the one on the front that's facing you is a huge, like, mouth with sharp teeth and like an elongated tongue. So its attacks are, if it's close to you, it will try to stab you with its tongue, which is an insta-kill. Um, and then the the other attack is it shoots these hearts up that fall. Uh, they, they shoots it up in the air, and they fall in a row across the blocks. And <clears throat> if they hit you, then it basically it um, reverses your controls. But luckily, there are a lot of, I think, I mean, they're built specifically into this level, but there are a lot of overhang blocks that you can just kind of stand underneath to avoid getting hit by. So, um, I I don't know, like, I think this is when the game, I think, starts uh, to actually, like, this puzzle sequence actually starts to be, like, a lot of fun, because every time they're introducing these new things by also including the previous things that you, the techniques that you've learned as well as the blocks. So, like I'm saying, it introduced these trap blocks and these crumple blocks, but that's on top of already having, like, the heavy blocks and the enemy sheep that you have to deal with from the previous chapter. So it's constantly adding new and new, uh, I won't say obstacles, but things to you have to deal with. And, like, so you're constantly learning how to deal with all these things. Um, 
so, so how do you guys feel about the, the this boss? Uh, did you guys like the boss? The immoral beast? All I remember is sending a message to you guys on Facebook being like, why are my controls backwards? <laughs> and I didn't get it at first. I thought as long as I was hanging on the ledge, I wasn't getting hit by his heart downpour, whatever you want to call it. But apparently I was, and that's what triggers the, you know, control reverse thing. And after I figured that out, it was fine. But before then, I was getting super salty. I see, when you said that, I didn't know what you were talking about. So I was just like, uh, okay. What about you, Trevor? (laughs) Man, I'm still just astounded by this boss. Why you say that? Because, man, it's butt cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, you know what it's representative of? The cheeks that got clapped the night before. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I literally looked at the wiki page to see if it's a specific callback to anything. And, I mean, it's really just like a literal representation of butt cheeks. (laughs) So, I need you guys to look up Persona... Mara, this is this is actually going to be a bit right now. Oh. This, this is just typical anime design or Persona Atlas design. So what, what is it again? Mara, M A R A, and just type in Persona. Is it going to be like? It might be a little hentai. Wow. Yeah, Marcus, this is hentai. This is this is exactly <laughs> what hentai is. Mara wants to be inside of you. Amen. So this is this is just the theme of Atlas, then, is what you're telling me. I'm saying this isn't the first time they've dabbled in phallic imagery. <laughs> that wasn't phallic. Those were cheeks, man. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, um, yeah. So, um, oh, man, Vincent wakes up. After, you know, completely beating the boss, he wakes up. He groggily sees a woman in his bed, and he says, he calls Catherine's name, thinking it's his girlfriend, only to realize it's actually the rando girl. And she's shocked because he said the name Catherine, and you immediately apologize. And he's like, no, no, don't worry. I just didn't think we were, you were, you, you hadn't said my name yet. And he's like, huh? Your name's Catherine? And yeah, her name is Catherine. So... At this point, we kind of have to refer to them. I can't call her Rando Girl now. Um, but uh, basically, she's butt naked again. So he's, dude's like, I don't even know what happened. Like, and I think she said she just came by and just, to, you know, to see him. She wanted to see him. And that's, he doesn't remember at all, but they're in bed together again. And, um, she ends up, like, showing her true colors and kind of basically tells Vincent, like, hey, I really like you, and you better not cheat on me. And that's kind of how the chapter, or that's kind of how their interaction ends. So, again, like, dude has now, Vincent has now cheated on girlfriend Catherine um, twice with the same girl, uh, with uh, new Catherine. We could say new Catherine, old Catherine. How about that? Yeah. So he's cheated on old Catherine twice with new Catherine. 
And not only that, but New Catherine has shown herself to be a little bit unhinged because she feels strong enough attachment to Vincent to, after just two days, that she says, if you cheat on me, which one, hey, chick, we ain't even going together. You know what time it was when you came through. But she didn't know what time it was. She thinks it's an actual thing. And Vincent at no point kind of even disputes or you know he's like thinking oh what's going on but he never says like hey i actually have a a girlfriend already so um uh flash forward to at that point i would have just been like how we go together i don't even know your name (laughs) you do know her name you know her name is Catherine. (laughs) but it's just like vincent is man like i really don't even know what's going on in vincent's mind right now right Right? It's like all of the stuff is happening that around him, and he's just kind of an unwilling participant. He's like waking up to the after. Yeah. Like he's like in a in a trance or like like almost like he's in a but, nightmare. I mean, I don't want to absolve him of any of his, you know, his crimes, but it's just like he's doing all this absentmindedly, or it's just happening around him. Can I tell you something though that I do appreciate in the dialogue of the story is like. What happened? You mean you want me to repeat what we did last? <laughs> like you want me to use those words? And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like that. And then also when she was like, um, "He's like that's um, where those butt cheeks came from." I know. <laughs> and then um, uh, what was the other thing? She was like, "You mean you mean to repeat what we did?" Like, yeah, dude. Like those those two lines. I was just like dying, and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> This dude, he got her doing all time. I've never done this before. It's like she said that too. <laughs> hey man, so I'm mad at him. But uh, so flash forward to later that day, and you have lunch with old Catherine, and she reveals that she may be pregnant, which Vincent freaks out, and he kind of just like blanks out on the rest of the conversation, and um, she kind of. Wakes him too, and he gets a call mid lunch from New Catherine, and she's like, "Hey, where are you at? I want to have lunch." And she's like, "Uh, he's in the middle of his conversation with Old Catherine, so he kind of just like fake makes the conversation with her and hangs up on her." Oh, thank you for calling. And, yeah, I will <laughs> see you later in the office. All right, cool. And um, hangs up on her, and then Catherine's like, "Why are you being?" Or Old Catherine is being, "Why are you being so weird?" And he's just like, you know, just boss works stuff and then uh he he overhears uh old catherine or excuse me new catherine she walks into the restaurant and she's not looking for him but just looking for a place to eat she was in the neighborhood i guess so she's gonna eat and he hears her voice and he freaks out because she asked to be in the smoking section and they just so happen to be in the smoking section so he like uh i gotta go and um it, uh, he got the bubble guts. He got the bubble guts, yeah, basically. And um, uh, basically dips out just dips out on old Catherine just as new Catherine is showing up. And I guess one of the things I did forget to say, too, is at, before Catherine, uh, new Catherine shows up, um, he hangs up the phone and old Catherine digs at Vincent for being frivolous with money. So she's like, is that a new phone again? And you just bought this PC. 
this new PC that you spent a bunch of money on, and you, you're going out, to, you're drinking with your friends every night, and she you no, know it can't be like this once we have the kids. Exactly, right? and she's kind of just projecting their new life, what it would be like with uh, with the baby. Like she won't be a single mom with the house scumbaggy her significant her house scumbaggy Vincent is. Um, so yeah, like he's kind of like. I think he feels bad for Catherine, but at the same time, he doesn't want to have the future with her that she wants him to have with her, you know? So, um, how do you guys feel about Vincent's uh, conundrum right now? Uh, just the, 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 the state that he's in. He's pretty much screwed, as far as I'm concerned. Like, there's, I mean, I guess there's stuff you can do. I've never been in that situation. But... It just seems like he's between a rock and a hard place and another hard thing of his. Right? <laughs> kind of like Mara. Pretty much exactly like Mara. I got you. What about you, Trevor? Uh, this this is like a, a classic sitcom scene right here. Like, I really just wanted to watch this play out. Right? And But I, unfortunately, it got cut short. Yeah. <laughs> old diary, old faithful, <laughs> comes in when you need it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, it, it was kind of like, it's weird because at one point you can kind of see him still trying to be the, the, the good guy in a sense. And like, he doesn't want anything to do with old or with new Catherine, but at the same time, he's not being entirely truthful to new Catherine. or to, ah, he's not being entirely true to either of them, honestly, but more importantly, he's not being uh, true to old Catherine because she's the one that's been there for, you know, so you would think of the two of them, he should be more truthful with her. How long have they been together? I know it said they've known each other since school. I believe it's been a couple of years at this point. But, I mean, I, I think that's what they say, but also, like, it made it seem like he's never met her parents before. So, I'm not sure if he's never either met her parents or they just haven't seen him in a while or if They've been together a long time, and they just—he uh, still hasn't met them yet. I—I I don't know. Um, but that's kind of where chapter three ends off. So chapter four starts off in the bar again, the stray sheep, and you're you're talking with your homies, and not only they're talking about you've cheated, you've cheated on old Catherine twice now, back to back days. You're also she has she's pregnant, you know she's she potentially you're you're having a baby, you know, and they're also kind of like talking about the fact that you've been having these nightmares because again there's another death uh, being aired on the TV, and um, they're also talking basically like justifying like hey man like cheating is it's it's you're not a man if you haven't cheated you know so like. Just you live on, or you know, kind of like it's man's basis instinct, and who are we to, you know, over overrule our instincts? You know, we're just men, and um, yeah, just a, like a, more of the more of the same. And um, uh, obviously, uh, Erica's again providing the voice of reason in this instance, and uh vincent he he kind of dips out he's already like kind of drunk when he gets home when he's leaving but he continues to uh drinking and smoking uh 
while he's at his apartment and he's replaying this, like I said, he's replaying the conversation he's had with old Catherine that day in his head and he keeps thinking about it and kind of just having this internal monologue with himself about like, how am I supposed to raise a kid if like, I can't even be truthful with her and all these things. And you hear his door buzzer go off a few times, but at that point he's already passed out. So you're like, not sure who's there. And then you're in the nightmare sequence. And, um, this is, uh, the things they add to this one are like bigger enemy sheep. So these enemy sheep, I think they carry around clubs they're like more formidable opponent i think they're a little bit faster and like smarter about blocking your progression and then the uh spring blocks which are these uh they're basically like tra- like boards or blocks that you stand on that shoot you up like six blocks or something like that so they, they let you get to places you weren't able to get previously or quicker i should say um but the third boss in this one is probably my <laughs> probably the one of the cooler blo- bosses. It's the child, and it's this undead baby with the pacifier in its mouth. And obviously, this is representing the the child that Vincent and Old Catherine are potentially going to have. So uh, its attacks are: it slaps Vincent if he's close and instant kills him. Otherwise, if it misses, it slaps the block that he's on or around, which stuns him. And then if he's far away, uh, it has a tantrum where it pounds on the blocks and it shins up a shockwave up a column of the blocks. And if you're standing along that column, it will knock you down and potentially to your death, depending on uh, where you're at. But how, how do you guys feel about the, um, the, the child, this boss? This game has really good sound design, by the way. That's what I want to say. The daddy, the, the 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 dialogue the bosses have when they're you know attacking you, exactly. This baby crying and and having this a one, tantrum. This one just gave me nightmares. It's really creepy. It's really creepy. Honestly, all the bosses have been pretty creepy, but like, I guess the butt cheeks didn't affect me like they affected Dante. <laughs> the baby did. <laughs> no, they don't have any, no no comment. I can't think of anything. You got me. I'm, you vincented me. Vincented. Okay. Um, well, um, so uh, after you defeat the child, you uh, wake up and new Catherine is in your bedroom again. Uh, and you're like, what's happening? And she claimed that you drunk dialed her to come over in the night. And so that's how she's there. And she finds a... She's, like, kind of talking to you, sitting on the bed or whatever. This time she's actually wearing a shirt. It just happens to be one of your shirts. So clearly some things still happened. And um, uh, she finds a long strand of Catherine's hair. And she's like, what is this? And Vincent already knows what it is. But he kind of freaks out. And he's like, oh, it's chest hair it's my chest hair and basically claims that yeah like you know how you have like a a strand of hair that grows longer and it's your lucky strand of hair well this is my lucky strand of hair that grew from my chest and you're not supposed to pluck it it's supposed to fall out naturally and yeah that that's it right there which is like this is the best lie that this dude has told in this entire game so far this is my favorite lie because it is the least believable, and this girl, like, it, it, basically, this lie right here, basically, is the, 
okay, Vincent, you don't know what you're doing, and you don't want this thing to end. Like, this is this is the time when he can, like, break it to her. And, like, this is, like, the... What do they call it? The... And it... What do you call it? It's like the domino that falls, and this is what makes everything spiral out of control. The, oh, like the straw that broke the camel's exactly. back? Exactly, yes. This is it. It's the hair that broke... <laughs> Vincent's back, I guess. I don't know. The hair on the butt cheek. The hair on, exactly. The lucky butt cheek hair. <laughs> but, so, she doesn't believe him, and she basically says, if this is from another girl, I will die. Or, I'll just kill you. And then she bites Vincent on his neck. And then, he kind of freaks out, and then she basically says, you have five seconds to tell me the name, or tell me if that's the truth. Or I'm going to hurt, you know, I'm going to hurt you. And she starts counting. Five, four. And he's, like, thinking she's playing around. But as she's continuing to count, he's like, like, oh, she's serious. This girl's crazy. And he ends up lying to her. He's like, I'm telling you the truth. It's mine. And she basically is like, okay. Then she tells him, basically, she doesn't care about the past. But if you cheat on her... It will make her very, very angry. And like, do you remember that one episode of the Boondocks with Granddad the one and episode? the one girl? The one episode. Okay, there might be a couple episodes that Guess deal with this. Guess who's coming to dinner? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. She's just crazy, and Vincent had the perfect opportunity. I mean, really, he's had many opportunities to be straight and narrow with her and just tell her the truth, but he has not been, and it all comes to, like, this is, I told, that lie is the lie that sends everything out of control, because as soon as she makes that threat against him, the door buzzer interrupts their conversation, and he's like, who could it be? And he run like, the door is starting to, like, the knob is being jiggled with, and he realizes, oh, like, this person has my key. Oh, this person is old Catherine. And he runs to the door, and luckily it is chain-locked. So even though she unlocked the door, she can't fully open it. And she's like, what's going on, Vincent? Why is this door locked? And he basically says, uh, just a minute. And he closes the door, and he tells new Catherine... She's like, who's that? And she's like, he's like, it's my landlady. And she's like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. He basically, he tells her it's his landlady and he's been late on rent. So he hasn't, so there's another lie. He hasn't paid his rent. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And so he ends up unlocking the door and he talks to old Catherine. And he's like, uh, you can't come in here. My boss is here. Uh, he late night drinking and he crashed here instead of going home and basically he's uh a he you know he's a angry drunk and he's really grouchy and she's like oh well okay and then she hears the toilet flush and he's like oh he's up uh well at least I'll say hey and he's like no 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 he's really stinky he just took a dump and it's really stinky and you don't want to smell it, so we need to get out of here. So he, like, kind of pushes her out the door and closes the door, and they're out in the hallway now. 
and he basically tells her a couple lies, and she basically is like, well, I came to bring you this, and she gives him a gift, and then basically she's like, oh, and also to tell you that I am really pregnant, you know, you know like, I, you know, before they were talking, like, she may be pregnant, but she's like, oh, yeah, I am pregnant, and basically leaves, and yeah, uh, <laughs> he's in a bad spot, and Fast forward a little bit later in the day, and Catherine basically leaves a voicemail on Vincent's phone, basically saying that he needs to meet her parents so they can make the announcement, as well as potentially, you know, if it's not too early, we can pick the baby's name. So, there's a, um, there's a, a lot going on with Vincent now, just, just off the end of chapter four. Um, so, how do you feel about Vincent and his... his tale of woven lies and how do you guys like what do you guys think of the story now because this this is this hooked me to i need to see the rest of this game after i saw that i was like i need to see where this is going we're four chapters in this is getting juicy yeah man everything's just falling in on itself right now because like it's very ironic that the beginning of this it was mostly about vincent not wanting to uh, it seemed like he was already committed, which is why I asked you how long they had been together. But he didn't mm-hmm. want to go that next step into like getting married. And now they're going into the next step of having a baby together. And it's just very ironic. And with him not knowing whether or not he wants commitment, he still doesn't know if he wants younger Catherine, which is kind of the opposite of commitment. It's like almost like a fling because he doesn't remember. He doesn't have to deal with any of the dating aspect. It's 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 only the uh, the other it's stuff, cool. but he doesn't remember any of it. You know, <laughs> he just wakes up and he's like, "Oh, this is a bad time. This is <laughs> this is this isn't great." He doesn't remember any any of the any of the uh, adult stuff. You know. Yeah, um... I was gonna see how long we could be quiet until somebody <laughs> broke in, so go ahead, man. You got it. it, it I, I don't know what to say about this dude at this point, like... Unforgivable. He, I guess, definitely, yeah, but I don't know what the solution is in that situation. Fortunately, I've never gotten into a situation remotely close to that, so I don't really have to worry about it. Yet. But... Nah. Um, I just did a Trevor. I, I was I was about to say, <laughs> like those those whippersnappers. Yeah, like is this what these kids do? Is that what you, Marcus? Can you update us? I don't know. Hey man, hey you you can find a lot of things on Twitter. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> what I hear, <laughs> you can also find a lot of things on Twitter. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um. But yeah, so like, how how do you feel about the story at this point? Were you like, man, I'm in? Because that's that's literally how I felt. I was like, I got really mad at Vincent, and I was just like, like, I don't want to say I could see or excuse his behavior up to this point, but I was like, he's still a redeemable character in a in a way. But at this point, I'm like, bruh, what are you doing? And now I just want to see like, inevitably, these two girls are gonna meet. Or something is going to happen to like let them know 
make the other one aware, you know, aware of their what they're doing with Vincent. And it's just a matter of when, and like that's what I'm here for. And it's kind of like ah, uh, I don't really care about Vincent now. It, he 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 made his bed, and now he has to sleep in it. But I just kind of want to see what 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 happens now. What's also funny is that none of this has happened to him until this point. How has he made it this far in his life with the way he is? Because, like I said, it seems like all this is just caving in on him. How has this not happened sooner? I mean, it's not every day that you have some girl that just wants to sit at the bar with you, you know? Or just, like, randomly woke up from being asleep to a girl in your bed. Yeah, man. How often does that happen to you, Trevor? <laughs> I mean, it practically happens to everybody. I mean, oh. go to the bar, get a girl, don't you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, don't well, even, um, I don't even use Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so chapter five. Um, Vincent is solo tonight. There's no boys, so he ends up he's at the at the bar this time instead of at the booth. And I think Johnny ends up coming later. But in the meantime, uh, the game kind of shows you teaches you the drinking mechanic, which is kind of interesting. Um, you drink more, and a drunker Vincent means a faster Vincent when you're in the nightmare sequence. So that's kind of like a a twist on. Uh, traditionally, like, open-world games, anyways, when they have, like, a drinking mechanic, it, it impairs you, and it's harder to do, like, your task in game, and this, on the flip side, makes it easier. So, did, did you like that, like, little twist, or did you guys even notice, or did you guys even drink at all? Um, I remember reading the prompt that said, like, hey, if you drink, there's really no downside to it you'll just move faster in the dream or whatever so i ended up doing that after um a couple rough nights (laughs) what about you trevor did you even check that out or did you do it every time like before after after i got the prompt i started drinking all the time i didn't know before this though yeah before i got up from the table um like i don't know if i saw the prompt like the first time i did it but like Mm -hmm. i saw the um you know the the button input to tell you to that you can drink, and then when I saw the little thing fill up on the side of the screen, I was just like, okay, let's see what happens when it's all the way full. But I honestly thought it was gonna do like you know give you the drunken goggles and you would kind of stumble around the the bar. Yeah, right. But that didn't happen. Um, That's what you would expect. But I did like the little trivia after you finish each yeah. glass. Mm-hmm. I learned some. You drink like a couple of glasses or something, and then you get like a trivia about like you can drink whiskey, sake, cocktails, or beer, and it gives you trivia based off of what you have drunk. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, so um, I think at this point uh, you end up meeting up with Johnny, and he's he's uh, or he he ends up showing up at the bar, and he starts drinking, uh, and he's like a little bit gloomier than normal uh, than usual it seems, but. Uh, he doesn't seem to be in a talking mood, so something seems to have gone down in his world, but we just don't know what yet. Um, uh, but uh, as you're there, you can see more um, 
news about uh, the curse, and it seems like a lot of people at the bar have been talking about it. Um, and it, it basically is set like there's this curse that's going on that is killing uh, people. Like they're that's what they're dying in their sleep of. Um, but Vincent doesn't seem to accept it. I think they're they're thinking like what the the, the idea is is that. These are all all the the thing that's going um, the the through line that's going between all these random mysterious deaths are these are men that have been unfaithful and they die in their sleep and Vincent doesn't really see the parallels like everyone else is starting to see but um uh, that ends up he ends up leaving the bar and uh, the the nightmare sequence begins and. This is probably my favorite sequence thus far. Um, they introduce the demon sheep, which are like these gargantuan, like these huge sheep with like devilish horns, and they're like black instead of uh, uh, gray or black instead of white. But I think they only appear at the landings right now. I don't think they're enemies. And then uh, the ice blocks, which are basically blocks that if you move more than one step, you slide. And so it just makes, it, it really adds another dimension to the puzzle, the 3D puzzle, because now there's, you can't just willy-nilly um, just move how you want to. You have to think about what you're going to do, and you have to plan things out and uh, move according, or, or move around the fact that you're on ice blocks. And I really, really, really dug that about this chapter. Um, did you, did did you guys end up liking this chapter, or did you guys not care for it? I like the new block mechanics. I think that's going to make some really interesting puzzles. But I hate that it slowed me down so much. Because I was literally pausing every time I made a move. Whereas before, like the only time I ever had to think about things were when I was trying to move a block. He just calls idiots, Marcus. I know. Wait, what? He's like, the only time I ever had to stop and actually think. No, because like... He, he said, these aren't puzzles. <laughs> I, I, I meant as far as like in the game, like I only had to stop moving my character um, for this. We, we get what you're saying, bro. <laughs> not trying to insult y'all. Y'all, y'all finished um, Ninja Gaiden a lot faster than I did, so... <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> But yeah, with the ice blocks, I mean, mistakes are now fatal, so you really have to pay attention to where you step, whereas before, if you made a misstep, you could easily just backtrack. And before, the only mistakes I was really having to undo were if I moved a block, I could easily just press back and, you know, go a step backwards and then keep moving. But here, if you make a mistake... You basically can slip off the the side of the map or the edge of the the blocks, and you're dead. Yeah, it was it was um, way different, and I I, I like that though. It, like it 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 was cool because I, I did like the okay, what do I need to do here? Because not only are you trying to like you're still there's still blocks, so you're still like progressing up higher. So you still have to use the techniques you've learned, but then you also have this added wrench of like, oh, if I move too far in this direction or this direction, I'll slip off the edge. So, 
And just even the the whole like concept of like it made you have to hang off the side of the like if you wanted to get two blocks over, you either had to grab onto something and pull it there, or you had to like hang off the edge and like shimmy over there. There wasn't like you just hit left twice, you know? And I don't know, like it was just like, oh man, like everything has to be deliberate. Like there's no um not everything. Like you can there's room for error. But I can see it ramping up, especially from what I've heard from Dante. I can see the game ramping up in difficulty, and I and I'm like, okay, this is this is cool. This is interesting. Like, not not to say that the previous chapters were boring or whatever, but kind of how we feel about the bosses, where the bosses are like the part where the game really gets going. I like this entire chapter between doing the, the, the segments, the tower segments, and then even the boss, I was like, this entire segment, this entire sequence was really cool, and I really liked it as an entirety, instead of just liking the boss. Um, and uh, I think even, this is, uh, on the landing, you get to meet some sheep, uh, like, you know, like you normally do, but a few of them are talking about their experience dating a witch that lied to them about being pregnant, which kind of, like... Initially, it's like Vincent doesn't really say much about it. He doesn't like. He doesn't even give it a second thought. But I think it's there to introduce some doubt into you as the player, and like it's two guys that as two sheep that are talking about it, and they end up kind of having even though they're not talking to each other. That when they talk to you, they talk about the same character. And she basically holds a job position that that requires her to travel, which is very similar to old Catherine's. And they met her at work, which allows you to like start allowing doubt to creep in. And um, I thought this was a really cool way of introducing doubt to us as the player, where we're like, in a sense, it's almost a little bit toxic because we're kind of like, yeah, um, Vincent is not faithful, but what about Catherine? You know, instead of being like, it shouldn't be an either or, like, but it just starts to make you think like, oh, she was cheating too? Well then, like, dang, I can't believe she did that, which is like, kind of, um, I don't know, it it, it, it kind of plays on, like, our society and, like, how we, like, I won't, like, we kind of usually side with the dude or whatever. Like, we can, like, a dude can be unfaithful and then we can kind of uh, overlook it. But if it's a woman, then it's like, I can't believe that happened. How could she, you know, like, when it's not, it's it's pretty much the same thing. But we don't treat them the same way. Because these two guys are talking about being cheated on. And, I, like, Vincent doesn't react to it. But I, I definitely was like, oh, well... Why is he not reacting to this? And then it's interesting because later on, some other things get introduced that play a very similar effect uh, and that he does react to. So just something to think about. Um, And then a couple of other sheeps, uh, they say they have been experiencing figures from their own lives as the bosses. So like one guy's like, you know, I had an... Basically... One of the bosses he's faced is an ab- his abusive father, and another one was a a girlfriend that a guy had basically abandoned. And so it's kind of like, oh, this kind of explains why you've been having the bosses you've been having because these are like things that are going on in your life. Um, but uh, so this 
and it's a little bit foreshadowing because uh, this. I mean, if it if we've already discussed it a little bit, how like the bosses are things that happened that day, but it's foreshadowing because the boss for the this chapter is Doom's Bride, which is a basically skeletal demonic nude version of uh, not skeletal, but like I guess like emaciated. A demonic nude version of Catherine wearing a wedding dress and veil and uh, holding a knife adorned with a rose and a ribbon, almost like a bouquet. And um, she has a couple of different attacks. So if she's close, if Vincent's close, she stabs the block he's on and um, it kills him if he doesn't move or if it does and it stuns him if he does move. Uh, if he's far, she causes an avalanche Um to fall down the tower across multiple columns and they can knock they can knock Vincent down or like carry him further down the tower so that sucks cuz I got hit by that a couple times and then once you get closer to the end um it she summons a tornado which kind of randomly pulls blocks from the tower and throws them at Vincent and these are also like another insta kill so like she can just kind of literally pick out blocks from the level so and throw them at you, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then on top of that, you're playing this on the ice level, so you're you're still being moving at a deliberate, like methodical rate, and you're having to deal with all this. So I thought this by far was the most difficult boss encounter, and it gave me the most. Uh, I, I died the most on this, but I also like it was so satisfying when I beat this because I actually felt like I conquered or you know like even though you're not doing any damage it gave me that same sense of like yeah i got you you know um how how did you guys feel about it uh dante trevor it was definitely a different style of boss where you had to be very fast but at the same time you had to take your time because of all the ice blocks so i did like that push and pull give and take dynamic of that encounter and i can't really blame anybody but myself, but it was just so frustrating sometimes when you you had the move like lined up in your head, but then you weren't really thinking about it. And it's like, oh, I double tapped on this ice block, and now I'm about to go off this cliff, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Trevor? It's fine. Man, get out of here. I, this ain't no ninja <laughs> guy. <laughs> I, I mean, on, on one hand, I liked it because of the challenge. On the other hand, it was it showed me that some of the controls aren't as tight as they should be. Because there were a lot of instances where it's more beneficial to hang off the edge. And I had to quickly figure out, okay, which way do I need to tap in order, like when I'm hanging on the edge. Can we speak about the edge controls when you're on the backside yes, of a block? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. They're terrible. You can't yeah, figure it out. That, they don't act the same and, every and time. And so it was, there were just certain nuances like that that made this kind of frustrating. Um, but at, I think after you get to the checkpoint on this boss, I actually got stuck in like this infinite loop. Like, um, like I was going to see Dormammu. But I would hit the checkpoint. Then I would go forward. I would grab a pillow. And then somewhere after that, 
uh, the Doom's Bride would use one of her attacks and I would end up dying either from the attack or not paying attention to where I was stepping. And so because I was playing on normal, I think, Marcus, you were the one who told us that depending on your difficulty, the pillows give you a different number of retries. Yeah, yeah. So you pick up these pillow items on the thing. Um, and uh, I think it said on easy, one pillow equals three retries or lives. Normal equals two and then hard one, one for one. And so since I was playing on normal, I would get two retries every time I picked up this pillow after the um, after the checkpoint. And so every time I died, I would gain an extra retry. And so by the time I beat this boss, I ended up having like a surplus of 50 or so uh, retries. Which I'm sure will come in handy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh... <clears throat> I, I don't know, I just, I really, like, the boss was difficult, but I, I don't know, it just, it finally felt like, oh, like, this is a challenge, not a challenge, but it just, like I said, it was really rewarding, and, like, I felt like I was beating the boss when I beat it, so I thought that was cool. But uh, after you... It was a great way of integrating a boss into, like, this style of puzzle. Like, it, it yeah. has, like, very distinct attacks, and it works well with the like with you trying to climb up whereas like the other ones may have had one or two attacks but it didn't necessarily affect you the way the boss's attacks affect you in this game like the ones where they throw blocks at you and you kind of have to dodge them like some of the other bosses Mm -hmm. you were kind of just looking up making sure nothing fell on top of you or making sure you weren't falling too far behind and the boss caught up with you with this one it kind of scratched all those itches and then um you know gave like other ranges of attacks as well um yeah yeah um sorry i had a message and lost my train of thought um so after you defeat doom's bride you wake up and finally vincent is in a room by himself he has a little bit of peace of mind and he doesn't have any late night booty call or anything that happened. Like he's just like a normal, regular, like, you know, day. And he ends up getting a call on the cell phone and he doesn't recognize the number. And instead of letting it go to voicemail, like a rant, you know, normal person, he picks it up and it's a call from Steve. And he's like, who's, he's like, who's this? It's, you know, are you, uh, this is Steve, I'm Catherine's boyfriend, and he, like, Vincent freaks out, and he hangs up, and gets the call back, and again, he makes the poor decision of picking up, and basically, Steve calls back and threatens Vincent, if you ever mess around my girlfriend again, I'm gonna kill you, and Vincent, like, well, I was just about to break it off, and, like, no, you weren't, no, you weren't, (laughs) But basically, like, yeah, Steve threatens him to kill him. And so now you're like, oh, snaps. Like, there's another character that, because this dude is cheating and being unfaithful, this is affecting another person. It's which surprise, of course it is. It's the third person who's threatened to kill this man. Oh, uh, I thought the second. I thought it was just been 
Old Catherine, or Cat- new Catherine and uh, Steve. I thought old Catherine with the whole fork thing. No, she was just trying to get his real. attention. She uh, was just frustrated with him. Fair. She said she would die, though. Mm, or no, no that, that was, was new, new Catherine, Catherine as well. Catherine. Gosh, okay, yeah. Old Catherine, it, all, all we know about her is she's pregnant. She, we know. Well, we don't know that. Why don't we know that? You didn't see that um, that pregnancy test. Dang, I see you guys are doing it now, man. Why don't you just take her out of words? Nah, we gotta go on Mari. Oh, Let me see the receipts. <laughs> <I'm a baby laughs> <guy. laughs> okay, okay. So, um, so what you guys think the deal is with the Steve guy, and who do you think he's referring to? Okay, <laughs> he's referring to Catherine. Which one? <laughs> Because um, he never says. Oh wow! I never even thought of it that way. He never says we because should. okay, because like this is the thing. So like I was saying, the sheep talk about an an experience dating they had with a witch that lied to them about being pregnant. She holds a job that requires her to travel, similar to Catherine. So they potentially have met her at work, and so there's that doubt that crept in, and now it's like, oh, this is Steve. This is Catherine's boyfriend, and even in the subtitles, the game because I had turned I turned the subtitles on. The game spells it like old, like new Catherine's name, but uh, this is going a little bit ahead, which I'm not going to. But it doesn't specifically say one way or the other which one he's referring to. So I don't know if the game is playing a little bit of a trick on me because you think it's old Catherine, like, that's what we would think, but it could potentially be new Catherine because of these other guys' experience with a girl that sounds like old Catherine. I think I had just assumed it was new Catherine simply because, like, Catherine... He crazy, she crazy, they all crazy. <laughs> like, one, Catherine's not there. It's, like, the first time since they've met that she's not there, and two this relationship just started happening so i assumed if if it was old catherine then this call would have came up before it's crazy because well it may not have called because she may not have had the position that required her to travel before and it's it's crazy to think that like how would that even have happened like she she busts out some new moves and he's like, God dang, who taught you this? And he's like, Vincent taught me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it goes, Trevor? That's how he knew who to call. You never you never <laughs> did this before. <laughs> Where'd you learn this? <laughs> so that's how it is, huh? <laughs> some made weights and heartbreaks out here. Um what about you, Dante? Who, do you do you have an idea of who it is? Do you think it's one or the other, or do you think it's silly that I'm introducing this uh, this scenario? Do you think, of course, it's old Catherine or new? Catherine? I think it's peculiar that you're introducing it. I don't know anything uh, my... about the story beyond like I went a little bit further than this, but I didn't play mm-hmm. like play anything, so I don't know anything. But um. Okay, at some point I assumed you got spoiled on some stuff. No. Going by the group text. No, but... no. I, I'm, I'm, it's, okay. really, it's really difficult to find information on this game without, while avoiding, like, 
spoilers and all that stuff. But so far, gotcha. Okay. I have not spoiled anything for myself that I have revealed. <laughs> That's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting take. I could, I could see it unfolding. I just way. like man, especially with how much like our. I don't want to even say our fan base, but essentially the people on your Facebook have been saying like choose Catherine with the C or whatever. Oh, I don't, did people say that? Yeah, there's a lot of huh. people. They're like, "Yo, make sure you make it the right decision." It could be it could be them leading me the wrong way because I have friends that like to do things like that too. So I wouldn't put it past. No, you don't. I I had you play Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> I have friends that you know lead me astray from time to time as well. So. You know, you know those type of friends. Those type of friends that you play a multiplayer game and they just try to kill you. Oh, um, huh. If it's competitive. Oh, I got you, I got you. Well. Mario's very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys feel bad for Vincent? Do you, do you feel like anything, uh, <laughs> do you feel, do you feel that any of the things that have happened are not, of not his own fault? Yes. I mean, at this point, he's been threatened threatened with death, what, four times? Tw- uh, once with uh, from Steve and three times from New Catherine? Yes, that seems to be the case. So, I don't see things going better for Vincent until the very, very end. They might get better then, but even then, <laughs> I kind of doubt it. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen to our boy. I don't know. This Vincent's whole situation is weird because one, they try to give the player like their own agency, I guess, where you can make certain choices, and then you have like the chaos and the and law. But on the other, and they did say that your choices will affect the ending, which there happen to be eight endings uh, from what I've read. Yeah, there's eight endings, but. Vincent sometimes seems like an alright guy. Like in his dreams. Well, I think, guess there you go. It's in his dreams. He's an alright guy. In <laughs> his dreams. But, um, like, he's the one motivating the rest of the sheep to get to the top of the tower. And, and they're all praising his name. Like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're Vincent. You're the great climber. You know, learning your techniques, you really helped me out. And, and you're the reason why I kept on pushing to keep going. They they all have these but great things dream, to say about him. In his dreams, though, like he can do anything. He don't got to worry about exactly. Anything. That's why that's why I corrected myself when I was like, yeah, in his dreams, he's a good person. He, he gotcha. he's this hero, gotcha. but everybody's coming up to him for like techniques and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well. Do you guys have any predictions for how the rest of this game is going to play out? Do you have any predictions on how you think? Before we go to predictions, can we um, go back to the bar for a second? I'm kind of curious how you guys thought of like the side characters and whatnot. Um. So really... I like Erica. I don't know what the deal is with the twins. I don't know what the deal is with the boss. And I don't really remember any of the... The cop? I don't remember. Like, I, I maybe spoke with him once, but I don't really... I don't talk to the police, Dante, so... Bruh. <laughs> this dude killed his wife 
and then put himself as head of the investigation on it. I didn't even catch that. Or so which, he claims. Which chapter did you talk to him? He was, um... Chapter okay. 5, I'd I like to I thought I talked to him in that chapter. He, I talked to him, but I didn't, like... I'm, Barely. Yeah. I was just like, I don't want Cause to Because it, it also said that depending on how much time has passed, you could have different conversations with the same people. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe we just had different conversations. Okay. Maybe he was more drunk when you talked to him. I, I don't know, man. Do you guys play Rapunzel? I did. It's a... Uh, Rapunzel is basically an arcade version of the tower uh, puzzles that you're playing in this game. Except for there's a couple more limitations. As in, like, there's a set amount of moves that you can do. And there's a set path to victory. Um, and I believe there are eight stages in it, and I think I, I did the first four, and then I got stuck, and I, I haven't played it since. How about you? I think I did one stage and said, no, I don't need any more of this right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of cool, I like the music, let me check it out, and, and then I got stuck, and I, I don't know, I, I do want to beat it, but I think I might, like, either... It's not the same type of puzzle. Like, it's the same mechanic, but it's, like, a trial. Like, there's a set path, and that's less fun to me than the you kind of make your own solution. So I think I might just, like, try. I just do a walkthrough just to have cleared it out so I can see what happens when you do it i don't think i'm gonna like actually try to go through and solve all four on my own the remaining four i got there's only four well i, I there's eight total and i i beat the first okay. four and then you you can pick back up from where you left off so i went to it a different day and i and you could choose the chapter or the the level you started on so i could start from the stage that i left it at gotcha yeah so um any any other things you guys want to talk about? No? Okay. Um, I'm just going to... We will forego looking at emails, so I'm sorry for the fans that have wrote, written emails and, you know, have all these questions for us, but we're not reading them. You know? So, sorry for... Sorry for that. Um, did, did you have a question, Donnie? Do you have something prepared? You normally do. Um, yeah, why why don't we make this a little fun? So, hmm, now I gotta think about it. Like, I have a concept. If you were a sheep, or if you were stuck in the nightmare, what would your boss be? It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a relationship thing. Can you go first? <laughs> Uh, Would it have uh, to be something that happened the day huh. today? Sure, yeah. What well, that that makes it a lot easier. Something that happened today. So, okay, for mine, for once in my life, I've decided to be a little bit of a workaholic, and I've got a interesting thing I'm coding at work. So I'm literally like trying to puzzle through this code as we've had this conversation. So. How would my puzzle go? Essentially, it would be a bunch of ones and zeros falling from the sky, trying to impede my way up the tower. What if they just there was code that took away blocks as you were going? <laughs> oh, they deleted that. That'd be pretty good. 
What about you, Trevor? I think it would have to be... Um... Okay, so it's not similar to the baby boss. Oh, you're still thinking about Mara, aren't you? <laughs> How'd you get that from baby? <laughs> no. But, um, so like, now that I'm a, a new father, I have the responsibility of stopping random people from trying to touch my child. Heck yeah, man, don't let those people touch your kid. And so that would, I think that would somehow be my boss level. Like if I were in this nightmare. Trevor, is that out in public? Just people walk up and try to talk, touch your kid? People, man, I don't know I, what it is. Dude, okay, so you have a small dog, right? Yeah. So you don't really tr- take your dog places, right? No. I don't know what it is about a certain population of the people that live in the United States. Um, but people will bring their dogs to everywhere, just, you know, just the everywhere. And it's so weird how many people just walk up and just try to touch the dog without even asking for permission. And I've heard people do it with kids, but I don't have, I don't have a dog or kids, but it's just like, I see it so often with dogs and I know it happens a lot with dogs, so I'm like, people do that with kids too. It's yeah. crazy. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me, mine would be. So I went to eat Thai food for lunch with my friend from uh, way back, my high school buddy, and. Um, I went there before I had a job interview today and the lady took a long time to, okay, I won't say she took a long time, but I had a certain place I had to be at a certain time and I cut it really, really, really close. So I think my boss would be like, I don't know what the boss would be because I don't want to say it would be like a, a old Asian lady or anything. But it would definitely be like falling receipts impeding my way because or credit cards. Because basically, you know, she left. She took forever for her to bring out the bill. And then, you know, I put my credit card in and it took forever for her to run it and all that. So it was just a matter of like, oh, man, I'm going to be late because she hasn't charged my card yet. And luckily I made it just in time. But. It would be something along those lines with just being late. So something to impede my path. So falling receipts and or credit cards. That sounds like the intro to like a really good rap video. Hey, man. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. <laughs> um, speaking of rap, let's wrap it up. Um, bars. Bars. Not like Vincent. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, you I hate it. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, where can people find you at, Dante? People can find me streaming again at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. All one word. I've streams been... Um, let's see. I've been doing some streams of Catherine. I finished up Call of Duty Black Ops 3. And I started Hollow Knight. 
All right, and that's cool, a lot of fun. Cool. Um, what about you, uh, Trevor? Where can people find you at? And I've actually added the Twitch links. Everybody's Twitch link should be in the description. So if you're listening, you can find those there. Um, but I... Bro, this be, this dude's worried about people touching his kid, and then he's just giving out our information like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, uh, I'm you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Lyric Unsung. All right, well, um, <laughs> you can find me lurking in these two dudes' streams, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably try to I'll try to hop in um, as long as this game isn't like I, I hear from a certain somebody that this game ramps up in difficulty and it takes a lot longer um, to complete some of this game. So hopefully I don't run into those same issues, but who knows? So hopefully I can beat this game in a reasonable amount of time and it's not like Ninja Gaiden where your boy's struggling to the very last day. <sighs> yeah, oh. bad times, bad times. Good times. <laughs> Um, well, I guess, uh, do you guys have anything else you got to say about Catherine? Since we're getting into anime now, I can't wait till we inevitably play Osiris Wrath. Since we're getting into anime now, I can't wait until we get into Bloodborne or Ninja Gaiden 2. Never mind, I don't like anime. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> anime <P>. was a <laughs> Um, well, with that, uh, we are Miss Checkpoints. We hate anime, and we're out. Peace.